brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 10.50 a.m., 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. Thompson is confirming that the House committee investigating last year's Capitol attack has spoken to former President Trump's attorney general. Appearing on CBS's Face the Nation, Thompson said there were already conversations with former Attorney General Bill Barr over the possibility that the military was involved in a plan to seize voting machines. Politico published the draft of an executive order presented to Trump to have the defense secretary seize voting machines in battleground states. It's unclear if Barr will be asked to formally testify before the committee. Thousands of anti-vaccine activists are taking part in a rally in the nation's capital against vaccine mandates. One protester weighed in on why he was against federal intervention in his medical decision-making. I feel like to coerce somebody to make that decision is really unjust. Demonstrators waved signs and American flags as they marched from the Washington Monument to the Lincoln Memorial. Organizers had hoped the rally would draw as many as 20,000 people, but the turnout was much smaller. Senator Chris Coons is condemning Senate Republicans for the death of two voting rights acts. All 50 Democrats voted for the John Lewis Voting Rights Restoration Act and for the Freedom to Vote Act. And none of the 50 Republicans in the Senate joined us. Appearing on ABC's This Week, the Delaware Democrat says both Democratic Senators Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema followed other Democratic Senators in supporting two voting rights acts. He said voter suppression was alive and well in the U.S. Coons cited the rejection of mail-in ballots and getting rid of drop boxes for COVID vulnerable citizens as proof. A wildfire burning on the California coast has burned over a thousand acres near Big Sur. Hundreds of people were forced to evacuate in Monterey County and authorities shut down a portion of Highway 1. The blaze was 25 percent contained as of this morning. Several structures have been destroyed and local evacuation orders remain in place. NASA says they've discovered a black hole that's creating a star formation. Normally black holes are known for tearing apart stars and consuming anything that comes too close. The phenomenon is happening in the dwarf galaxy Henais 210, which is about 30 million light years away. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. K-C-A-A Attention Medicare recipients and anyone turning 65. Medicare has approved new benefits not included with original Medicare and older Medicare Advantage plans. You may not be getting all of the benefits you're entitled to, including in-home aids, telephone appointments with your doctors, home-delivered meals and prescriptions. These benefits may be available and it's a free call to enroll. The new plans may also offer free eyeglasses, free hearing aids, free wellness visits, and gym memberships. Call the Medicare benefits line now. It's easy. Call 800-518-2281. 800-518-2281. Find out if you're eligible for new benefits like meal and prescription delivery, in-home aids, and telemedicine. Some plans may have a $0 monthly premium or zero copays for big out-of-pocket savings. Not all Medicare Advantage plans are alike. The new plans have more benefits for many people. 
Call 800-518-2281. It's time to make the Tri-City Center in Redlands a regular part of your weekly shopping experience. Tri-City is home to a wide assortment of quality businesses, including the all-new Ocean Aquatics. Check out their variety of exotic tropical fish along with fish food, accessories, and tanks of all shapes and sizes. The Tri-City Center is located just off of Alabama and the Tennessee exits in Redlands. Visit the Tri-City Center today and find out why it's called the Mall with a Heart. What does reinforced mean to grapes? It means forcing pests out with all-over protection from mealy bugs and nematodes to help vineyards grow their strongest. And that's exactly the kind of support grapes get from Movetto Insecticide. With its unique two-way movement that works up through the shoot and down to the roots, Movetto protects grapes from above and below ground pests to help improve root health and crop quality. So talk to your local retailer about Movetto or visit us online at movetto.us to learn more. Always read and follow label directions. Hi, I'm food critic Alan Borgen, and I'm excited to tell you about a small local company called Soaring Swine Acres that creates and sells over 300 delicious tasting and unique jams, jellies, honeys, sauces, pickled products, and their new Voodoo Queen holistic teas that you can't find anywhere else. You can visit Soaring Swine Acres store in Yukaipa, or you can purchase their products on their website, SoaringSwineAcres.com. That's S-O-A-R-I-N-G-S-W-I-N-E, Acres, A-C-R-E-S.com. Savor such delicious items like rosemary pear jelly, ginger orange jam, mmm, cherry chili jam. Visit them at SoaringSwineAcres.com. That's SoaringSwineAcres.com. Take it from me, food critic Alan Borgen. These food products are delicious. That's SoaringSwineAcres.com. Happy eating. Silva and Silva Law is here for all your living trust needs. As attorneys, it's hard to tell someone it's too late to draft a will or living trust. Planning for one's final wishes is never easy, and the last thing you want to do is leave a mess for your children to clean up, or even worse, have to go through the probate process. Silva and Silva Law is a father-daughter law firm located in downtown Redlands. Find us on Facebook or call 909-798-1500. 909-798-1500. Have your revocable living trust drafted by an experienced attorney and tailored to your specific needs. Call Silva and Silva Law, 909-798-1500. This is KCAA. The information economy has arrived. The world is teeming with innovation as new business models reinvent every industry. Every industry. Inside Analysis is your source of information and insight about how to make the most of this exciting new era. Learn more at InsideAnalysis.com. InsideAnalysis.com. And now, here's your host, Eric Cavanaugh. Once again, the only radio show that's coast to coast in the U.S. of A. All about the information economy. It's time for Inside Analysis. Yours truly, Eric Cavanaugh here. And the topic for today, wow, goodness gracious, it's a tough one. We're going to talk about artificial intelligence. Uh, and the exact title is something like AI is impartial, but do you trust it? 
right? So what does that really mean? Impartiality, I think we all know what impartiality means. Referees and sports are supposed to be impartial. The umpire is supposed to be impartial. But increasingly, we're seeing machines come into that play, right? Machines come into the games to determine. I think in a big tennis uh, conference or tennis event recently, one of the uh, Grand Slams, they had all computers and AI was watching those lines to see if they went outside the lines or not. So we're seeing AI creep in all around our life these days. Uh, mostly it's useful stuff. I'm a big fan, of course, of how it all works. The key is to understand what it does. And that gets us to a concept called explainability. So in the world of artificial intelligence, especially in the subset of deep learning, you have some very complex algorithms which can have hidden layers that do all sorts of things to data and, uh, and other information in order to render recommendations or decisions a lot of times uh, these technologies are used to help banks determine who should get a loan and who should not get a loan. Uh, it helps uh, doctors determine what procedures to take in, in certain instances. So there's a tremendous amount of value to this. And I promise you, it is everywhere. Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, all these big properties, they're all using AI right now uh, for all kinds of different things. So we're going to talk about how to really understand what that all means, what bias is about, and not the kind of bias that you want when you're using machine learning, for example, high bias to separate out entities to see clearly it's a different kind of bias. But we'll talk about that today on the show. We've got Anthony Habaya of Monitor. They do AI governance, which I think is fascinating, and Sheldon Fernandez of a company called Darwin.ai, also in the whole space of artificial intelligence, kind of understanding it all. So with that, uh, Anthony, Welcome to Inside Analysis. Tell us a bit about yourself and your company and what you're doing in the space of AI. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Good to be here. Um, so Anthony Habayad, uh, as you mentioned, I'm a co-founder, CEO of Monitor. Um, we are an AI governance software company. So we build software to help enterprises build really good oversight, governance, and ultimately assurances across their artificial intelligence applications. And um, in many ways, we'll probably use AI a bunch as we're talking here, but really focus on machine learning, right? Algorithmic decisions, companies that are deploying models to make decisions that affect your life, my life, you know, those folks that are probably listening. Like you said, should I get credit or not? Should I get this insurance product? Is my claim approved? Should you hire me? Right. Um, we, we focus on consequential decisions because we think those are some of the most impactful elements of our everyday life. And mm -hmm. I fundamentally believe AI will make our lives better. Uh, I think the potential to improve our lives, I think about healthcare, not enough doctors in the world to take care of the growing population, not enough radiologists to read all of the x-ray scans. So when I think about all of these potential places of our lives, it could be improved through data and algorithms. Um, we built Monitor to really help accelerate that potential by delivering some trust and confidence through good governance. Um, so that's, that's what we do. Yeah, and that, this is interesting stuff. So when you build predictive models, there are lots of factors that come into play. There's data that you train it on. There's a decision you're trying to get it to make. Maybe you're classifying things or maybe you're trying to optimize a price point. Whatever the case may be, there are lots and lots of predictive models that have been built over the years to do these things. And what you folks are doing is building a platform around the governing of these models, right? And, and what they do and how they do it. And, uh, and you're thus giving, as you describe it, um, some confidence to the team that they know, but you also have a whole audit trail now, right? So you can see yeah. everything that happened <clears throat> and that's what uh, regulators are gonna look for. And that's what you wanna keep in mind, right? Trust, but verify. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's, there's a, listen, our, the idea of machine learning is not new. 
algorithmic utilization by companies is not new. These are things that have been around for decades. Um, what we're really hitting now is a point in the sort of innovation or Jeffrey Moore, you know, curve where we're moving past research and development of complex modeling systems into actually deploying these applications. And for any data scientists or engineers listening in, it's really hard just to build a system to build a good prediction or a reliable outcome and then deploy that and have it be scalable. There's a lot of really complex things to solve. And now you add a layer of the public and regulators and your executives are really worried about what's this black box going to do? When is Skynet going to come and take over the world? Right. Um, and so, you know, where science meets reality a little bit is the challenge around um, so many things to tackle in building good systems. And we try to just solve one piece of that so that some of the tech folks can better focus on building great models. And we really create a partnership with their audit team and governance and compliance team. Because um, in many ways, I'm not a data scientist. And I'm like the person who's often being challenged with, hey, is this thing working? Is it doing what it's supposed to do? So how do we help a lot of these non-technical people that are tasked with protecting us, if you will, both in companies and sort of in the public sector, how do we help them do their job better? Uh, and I think that's a really important part of getting to a future world where AI is trusted uh, to the title of what we're talking about. Yeah, and uh, for the benefit of our audience, would you give your take on explainability? And you had this uh, comment you made to me a couple months ago about how you think in the fairly near future, explainability will be a commodity or in some senses already is. Can you yeah. explain to the audience what that means and why it's important? Well, I've always in particular lately, there, there's some danger thinking that singularly um, this technical definition of explainability is the solve to mm. trusting AI. Mm. It's not necessarily so simple. Um, it's really important. I think NIST talks about this. Who is the beholder, the recipient, and how do they understand? So how do you help maybe a data scientist understand? There might be a technical methodology for that data scientist to understand something, but that's different than how the consumer that's made a decision, um, that you've made a decision about with an algorithm, what would they like to understand? Or maybe your compliance team, what is it they'd like to understand about a model? Or your auditing team, what would they like to understand? So um, simply explaining, it's a push. It doesn't always have the context of who the recipient is. And does it have objectivity, right? How the data scientist explains their own tool, is that necessarily objective? And should there be objectivity in understanding how a system works? Mm -hmm. um, what was some of the decisions that went in before you built it? Um, so I have a bit of a strong opinion about singularly using the word explainability as a solution for trust. It is a piece of the puzzle and it's a really critical, important piece. And my you know, guest here uh, with us on here has built one of the best explaining solutions I've seen out there um, within their application. So I think it's a really important part of the puzzle, but I definitely do feel Eric that the pathway to trust is not exclusively with explainability. There's a lot of other pieces. Um, and it's dangerous sometimes when we focus on just explainability. Yeah, no, that's, that's an excellent point. And you talked about, so your intentions, what was the process leading up to this? I mean, think about government regulations and some of the big ones we've seen in the last, let's say, 30 years, Enron, right, with Sarbanes-Oxley. That was a pretty big deal where a lot of people had sit down and figure out, okay, we need to document our processes, be able to explain them to someone who comes along and wants to understand how things work. 
you know, that was a big step for corporate America to really embrace all that. And, and truth be told, a lot of time just gets wasted, I think, dotting I's and crossing T's and filling out reports and things of that nature, which doesn't get to the heart of the problem, right? To your point, which is that explainability in this case is not everything. We need to understand lots of other things if we're going to improve trust in AI. And explainability also gets into something that's a huge topic these days and tons of investment in, in Silicon Valley around observability, just seeing what's actually out there and seeing what's happening, watching as these data points flow through systems and understanding what that all means. I think the, the sort of nexus of observability and explainability is bringing out a lot of transparency right now. What do you think? If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Yeah, that was interesting how you organize it. I think those two pieces do come together. I think one way you could build a framework around this is, um, and the word, so the company name Monitar came sort of one night in a play between Monitar, lost in the labyrinth, follow the red thread to find your way out in monitoring a system, right? And mm -hmm. as you think about building good governance and confidence around these machine learning systems, you can sort of start from the end. What was the decision that happened? And think through each step upstream and how mm -hmm. do you connect those dots? So decision happened. Well, what inputs went through that exact transaction that the model decided upon and reached a conclusion? What was the state of the system? When was it last trained? Then you go further upstream, right? What data were, was the source of the data? What rights around the data? How did we evaluate the data? Then you go upstream. Why did I even decide to use this kind of a model? And then you go further upstream. Why am I even trying to build a machine learning system to solve this problem? Right. Every one of those elements, all being connected, give you context, mm -hmm. right? And create confidence. And I think there's plenty of precedents in, in business and in public markets around companies having good organizational practice of mm -hmm. tracking, documenting almost everything. Mm -hmm. right? And I think in many ways, software hasn't really been regulated. And so some of this document everything, track everything, prove your work, prove your journey um, is really starting to creep up. And AI, I think, is almost a turning point in an overall uh, regulation of software that is likely to come in coming decades because AR AI probably has the most excited potential mm. and it's creating almost an awakening of, oh, wait a minute. Do we know how we even got to deploying this? Do we know what went into this work? And I think that sort of observability and monitoring um, as you mapped out there and how those enable transparency, Eric, are really important themes in this really broad life cycle discussion. Hmm. Um, that is, is a really important one that to my point earlier, I think helps achieve the positive potential of AI. If we get this right, we can go faster with a lot of this innovation. I, I think it's an excellent point. I think you're exactly correct with that. And, uh, you know, transparency breeds trust because guess what? You can see things like it's when you hide stuff that the trust goes away. Right. But when you can see how things are working and that can be very challenging. I mean, observability in and of itself is an extremely difficult hurdle to to jump over to understand what's going on it's getting so good these days oh my goodness 
Yeah. The, the, you know what's the, interesting though, Eric? Like, you know, it, it's I sometimes as the non-data scientist, I just try to zoom out and think about this at times. We we don't you don't know what's going on in my head right now, right? But you've sort of you trust me for certain reasons to make decisions, right? Um, I think when you work with a financial broker or an investment, you know, um, broker, or you work with an accountant, you build these relationships with someone and you sort of do seemingly trust them to make certain decisions, right? Um, And so it is interesting at times to think about, we almost have a higher expectation of trusting and looking into machine learning and AI than we even do of people. And while sometimes that might feel frustrating for data scientists, like, why do you need to understand at this kernel how this works? You don't understand how Anthony makes a decision. I actually also think the flip side of this is one of the greatest potentials of AI as well is we actually can build more fair, more transparent, more equitable systems if we can tool these processes and applications the way that is possible, right? We can actually move to a world where some of the opacity of human decisioning can actually be replaced with a greater transparency of algorithmic decisioning. Um, and so it's interesting because we talked so much about the challenge of doing this, mm-hmm. um, but in many ways, we could probably do better understanding in building trust in some of this new technology than what we could actually do around people. Hmm. That's interesting. And uh, wow. Let's bring in Sheldon to comment on that before the segment is over, because we, uh, we kind of get into some interesting threads there. Sheldon, I'll just bring you in to, to comment on. I think that uh, Anthony makes a really good point here, which is that if we approach this whole scenario responsibly, collectively as an industry, that we really can expedite the intense value that AI can bring, which is really, truly amazing. You know, and I just very quickly, I have a, a theme you know, Anthony talked about some of the things he tries to think about. I've got a theme I've had in my head for a long time, which is that if a machine can do a job better than a person, we'll let the machine do the job as long as it's economical, efficient, as long as there's not some you know deep ethical problem with what you're doing. Let the machine do the job. Look at the, the whole agricultural industry. You don't see these guys out there with you know picks and hoes just trying to manually mm-hmm. turn over earth in a 10,000 acre farm. <laughs> That's just not going to work. So what are your thoughts just in general about um, what Anthony was saying and kind of where we're going with AI and explainability? Yeah, you might might have seen I was nodding throughout um, because I largely agree that, first of all, explainability is a necessary but not sufficient uh, precursor to overall trust. Um, you know, and our company, as you know, works on the technical problem of explainability at a very data science level. And so, yes, we need to understand how these systems are making decisions but that alone is not sufficient to give a audience, the public, trust that the AI is making the right decisions for the right reasons and all the governance questions that that raises around it. So I think that's a, a point that's very well taken. Um, you know, what we're seeing, of course, yeah, AI be transformative in so many ways. I think what's been top of mind for me, for example, is what DeepMind has done with AlphaGo and you know, protein folding and really cracking that problem uh, which will have profound implications for drug discovery and these pure science questions. It really is a remarkable achievement that is illustrative of what AI can do. The question is, when we talk about like you know the the job of AI, what happens? And Anthony alluded to this when it is making decisions in an ethical sphere that can be thorny. It's deciding, for example, which uh, inmates get parole. Hmm. It's deciding who gets a mortgage and who doesn't. It's, de- it's deciding things that have a very rich, um, you, know, uh, you know, moral question behind it, 
and an implication for a human being in a, in a quite critical way. And that's where these questions of trust come from. Uh, for example, you know, we, we trust, you know, Anthony made this point, you trust a lawyer to interpret a legal document uh, for you based a little bit on their credentials, but based on the rapport that you develop with them as a human being. How do we trust AI in the same way that when it looks at a complex legal document and picks up the salient points, to what extent do you trust that it's doing that in an accurate way? And that's something we need to tease out as an industry. What do you need to see as a human being for you to have that trust? Uh, you know, just to anchor this in an example about, you know, maybe 22 months ago when COVID became quite acute uh, here in North America, our team using our technology with researchers at the University of Waterloo developed a system called COVIDnet that diagnoses corona based on chest X-rays and CT scans. And when radiologists look at that output, how were they trying to understand the AI's thinking process? And so the level of insight we had to give them was very different than what we give a data scientist for them to really understand what was happening. So it's a very profound technology. It's going to be transformative, but the trust question is more complex than a technical one. And I think that's where Anthony and I would, would agree quite a bit. Yeah, that, that's a really, really good point. Well, first break is coming up here, folks. We're talking to Anthony Habayeb of uh, like Monitor.ai and Sheldon Fernandez of Darwin.ai. We'll be right back, folks. You are listening to the only coast-to-coast show about the information economy. It's called Inside Analysis. We'll be right back. What if you could own a piece of the future? What if you could build your next castle, not on sand, but on the bedrock of a modern blockchain ecosystem? The first internet gold rush made millionaires. The second wave is minting billionaires. But the third wave is just gathering now, and anyone can get in on the action. Hop online to crowdpointtech.com to learn how you can secure a foothold in the blockchain revolution. Whatever your passion, wherever you want to go in life, there's an opportunity awaiting you right now. Go to crowdpointtech.com to learn how the blockchain will fuel the next generation of innovation in this globally connected world. That's crowdpointtech.com, your trusted agent in an untrusted world. What's the longest running radio show in the world focused on data? DM Radio. Want to be a guest sometime? Send an email to info at dmradio.biz. That's info at dmradio.biz. In the know, I'm Jasmine Ginyard. Matt DiLorenzo, Senior Managing Editor at KBB.com, has tips for navigating the road to a new vehicle. COVID shutdowns and chip shortages are causing a lack of inventory and is driving up prices. Buyers are finding few incentives and paying nearly full sticker price. Used vehicle prices are also rising. The 2008 recession caused a similar situation resulting in a severe lack of 10 to 12-year-old used cars from that period that would otherwise make up the bulk of affordable used cars under $5,000. They're just not there. If you can find a 2021 model you like, buy it. SUVs and trucks are hot, so sedans are your best deals. Many incentives are now regional in nature, so check the manufacturer's website and put your zip code in. Find more tips and learn how to negotiate a deal on your next car at kbb.com. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. 
You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 877 477-6061. 877-477-6061. This place has a pulse. You hear it in the canopy. Feel it in the ground. Life, fully illuminated, engulfs you. From the birds singing in the treetops above to the tiniest insects in the soil below. You take a deep, cleansing breath, filling your lungs with the essence of the forest. Now, imagine it's all gone. Healthy, life-giving forests reduced to nothing. No singing birds, no lush canopy, and water and food in short supply around the world. Time is running out to protect our forests, and without our love, they can and will disappear. It's our choice. Love it or lose it. Help protect our forests. Visit World Wildlife Fund at www.org love. Welcome back to Inside Analysis. Here's your host, Eric Cavanaugh. Take us to the future. All right, folks, take us to the future indeed. I love that we have that song as the theme song here. It's perfectly apropos for the subject of our show today, all about artificial intelligence, which again is everywhere these days. And uh, when I first came across Darwin, I was really impressed by how you had built an engine that uses deep learning to understand and explain deep learning. So, uh, and it's specifically like in autonomous cars, right? I mean, here's a pretty serious space where you wanna make darn sure that car recognizes a five-year-old child running into the street as a hazard and then stops the car, right? And uh, you guys did some interesting work around that, but if you would explain uh, a bit more about your technology and, and what you designed and why you focused on designing it the way you did. Absolutely. So, you know, we're Darwin AI based out of, uh, you know, Toronto, Canada, Waterloo, actually, and our academics, so we're, we're connected to the University of Waterloo, which is kind of like the MIT of Canada, uh, we like to say, have been working with deep learning for well over a decade. So before, you know, many of our listeners, including myself, would have really known what it was. And they basically recognized that although deep learning was very powerful and had, you know, disruptive potential for many industries, one of the big challenges with it was the lack of transparency with these systems and the fact that it would give you all these insights, but yet even the designers of these systems didn't know, you know, how or why the, the, the deep learning system would reach those insights. So as a part of their doctorate work, they spent years coming up with IP to effectively crack that problem. 
And so, you know, the IP they came up with illuminates that black box and explains both to a technical person as well as a lay person, this is why the AI is doing what it's doing. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And that was the technology that we've spent the last three or four years commercializing and applying not just to deep, deep learning and data science, but to other areas uh, on top of that. So specific use cases that many of our big clients have brought to us, for example, in healthcare and manufacturing. Uh, and so that's what's really exciting about what we've been up to for the past couple of years. Yeah, and talking about an industry that is, is uh, rife for op- with opportunity for AI healthcare, it's just amazing because for so many different reasons, number one, just in terms of diagnosis, in terms of you know understanding what certain treatment protocols do, you can analyze data at scale and really learn a lot. You do have to kind of peel away some of the layers to understand. But just in terms of looking at x-rays, for example, the human eye is fairly inefficient compared to some of the more powerful algorithms you can use these days. And to me, what's going to happen is you're just going to have all of these AI augmented systems that doctors work with that help them. So it can do the initial scan, the initial recommendation. The doctor can look at it and say, okay, but I actually, this is something else that's happening. But the system, if it's designed properly, can learn from that over time, right? Sheldon, that's what the whole idea of, of yeah. the systems that learn is right. that as doctors interact with it and point things out, it can recalibrate and recalculate and reassess what it's, what it's doing, right? Absolutely. Right. And so that's why AI is a tool, not a replacement for human expertise. And right. we've always maintained that for many that's use right. cases. Right. So the, the, the COVID example I was giving, the, the COVID net system we designed about 18 months ago, it basically will try to detect COVID in the respiratory system using data. And in the early days of the system, we noticed it wasn't even looking at the lungs. It was looking in the hospital bed where somebody was lying down, like the divot in the bed. And so this is an example of AI reaching the right decision, but you got to fix the pipeline. So it's really always a question of ease of use and performance. And I think you guys have solved some of those challenges. Can you talk about like some lessons you learned along the way or, or why is it that you're able to very quickly consume these different tools and build dashboards quickly? Yeah, I mean, you know, just to kind of respond to something you've said too before is, you know, I think technology is one of the few things that nobody ever said, oh, God, it was better in the old days, right? So, I mean, technology keeps evolving and keeps getting better. Um, but that being said, what, what we do at Digital Hive is we connect all these underlying systems via the native APIs, right? So we don't lift and shift your data, your content in another data silo that you have to protect and worry about. 
And through those APIs, if you update your application or if you update your, your business model or, or the reports, they automatically flow through to the hub itself, right? So there's never any point in time where you're, you know, your, your replication or synchronization process fails and you're out of date now. We're always live and up to date with the, the content. So we've kind of removed that pain point of having to upgrade the technologies under the covers. We, we ingest it through the APIs. So we take advantage of all those upgrades on, on the fly. Yeah, that's important stuff. Uh, upgrades. I always fear the upgrade, Eve. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm like, oh, God, no, please don't upgrade it because <laughs> something changes. But you got to embrace the upgrade, right? Especially for security. What do you think? Especially and, and especially the, the, the managed services, uh, how they call it, that that you leave it up to the experts and you don't have to worry about the upgrades, like you say, uh, Eric, but that you can focus on your business. So that's, that's uh, a very important part. Uh, yeah, you want to have the upgrades because you want to have the new feature set. That's, that's where you want to go, but you don't want to go through the hassle. I sometimes say that with my, my MacBook, uh, Sometimes I'm, I'm reluctant to upgrade to a new uh, OS because something has changed for the better benefit, but it breaks my workflow. So, right. so yeah, it's, it's, and that's that's uh, the trade-off where you uh, where you need to look at and and uh, benefiting uh, from the upgrades and and moving forward and focusing on your business. Yeah, I think that there is are... one of the. No, go ahead, Scott. Go ahead. Sorry, Eric. Yeah, I was going to say that there are you know two different. You know, types of upgrades, right? There's the one you voluntarily choose, right? Oh, it's got a new feature and, and release X, let's take that. Then there's ones that we have to take, you know, a la Log4j uh, that recently impacted everything. You're, you're, you're managing to take it. So you're, you're, you can't, as much as you try, you can't insulate yourself from, from upgrades, right? And that's, uh, and I, I think we, we kind of steered away from your original question, Eric, about, you know, being easy to use and being able to create these workflows. And, and that's, you know, upgrade is one element of it. The other one is the ability for an executive to, you know, without having to have any prior knowledge of coding, be able to look at their catalog of, of, of content, if they, you know, say in the situation or scenario where they're trying to build that composite view or, you know, that dashboard view across multiple systems, they need to be able to quickly drag and drop content onto a, you know, a blank slate, build their own view and, and save it, right? Again, without any code, should be all drag and drop, um, you know, for most business users, probably drag and drop is, is the extent of their technology um, capabilities. They're, they're not coders by trade. So the, the ability to build these experiences uh, within that, you know, that branded context that you're talking about without having to require any special skill set or coding is essential to, uh, you know, to the success of these type of analytic hubs. Yeah, that's a good point. And I know on your site, you talk about future proofing and uh, we have a TV show called Future Proof that's airing in about half a dozen markets around the country. Now where we take this content and we repurpose it and, Put it on televisions. How crazy is that? Old school, baby. But uh, you talk about that. And what's cool is that, <clears throat> again, if you have this environment where your professionals are working, they log into the system that runs their that part of their business. If that is one of these hubs or a, a portal, essentially, you can sort of disintermediate the, the underlying changes. So when some change happens to the tool, you guys will take care of that from a digital high perspective such that what hits the user doesn't change. That's what they call transparent to the user, right, Scott? Exactly. And it's not just, you know, the, the underlying technology changing as well. It's, it's what if you, you know, for some reason, you know, after the governance, you, you view that you're not using, uh, let's take an older tool, like you're, you're not using click view as often as, as you were before and you've decided to move to click sense. Well, you know, if you, from a technology standpoint, if I've built these dashboard views, and this click view visualization has now been replaced by a click sense visualization. 
we can we can change that out in about six or seven mouse clicks, right? And the end user logs in, they come in, they see the visualization is different. The data should be the same. Again, providing the filters are all, all aligned, but the data should be the same. But at the end of the day, the end user wasn't impacted, right? They logged in, they didn't change their workflow, didn't change their business. They logged in and IT's had the flexibility, again, talking about future proofing, they've had the ability now to swap out an older technology for a newer one without having to impact the, the, the business and operations. Yeah, and that's really the key to me because, again, workflow is what you do in your job. And when workflow is disrupted, it has an impact on whether it's customer service or partner relations or deliverability or whatever the case may be, something is different. I mean, and that, you know, part of it is just the cost of doing business these days or the cost of using cloud as your solution. But to, you know, Eve's point, I've seen it too in the OS upgrade where something is different now and I do stuff on air. So if I log in and something is different, I have precious few seconds to figure out, okay, where did they move this icon? Where did that functionality go? Let's do it before we're live. Okay, let's go. But folks, don't touch that. That will be right back. You're listening to Inside Analysis. NS1 has a singular focus to deliver the best application traffic, intelligence, and automation technologies in the market so companies can build the better future. The most innovative companies in the world rely on NS1's flexible, automated, and scalable solutions to build an intelligent, automated, and resilient foundation to manage delivery and optimize application traffic. NS1 puts innovation within reach by eliminating boundaries between applications, users, infrastructure, and data, and is the only vendor offering a comprehensive portfolio of solutions that extends across an entire network footprint with technologies for cloud-native network services, edge-to-cloud networking, and application traffic optimization. What's the longest-running radio show in the world focused on data? DM Radio. Since 2008, we've interviewed hundreds of the brightest minds in the business world. Want to be a guest sometime? Send an email to info at dmradio.biz. What if you could own a piece of the future? What if you could build your next castle, not on sand, but on the bedrock of a modern blockchain ecosystem? The first internet gold rush made millionaires. The second wave is minting billionaires. But the third wave is just gathering now, and anyone can get in on the action. Hop online to crowdpointtech.com to learn how you can secure a foothold in the blockchain revolution. Whatever your passion, wherever you want to go in life, there's an opportunity awaiting you right now. Go to crowdpointtech.com to learn how the blockchain will fuel the next generation of innovation in this globally connected world. That's crowdpointtech.com, your trusted agent in an untrusted world. What's the longest running radio show in the world focused on data? DM Radio. Want to be a guest sometime? Send an email to info at dmradio.biz. That's info at dmradio.biz. Attention seniors on Medicare and Medicaid or receiving extra help for your prescription drugs. We have great news. You can change or enroll into a Medicare plan every three months if you qualify. All from the comfort and safety of your own home. Over the phone. No one even needs to come to your home. And in minutes, we'll tell you all about some additional new Medicare benefits for you, like dental, vision, hearing, transportation, and more. Call us. We'll explain all your new Medicare benefits. Premiums are as low as $0 per month. Even if you are not paying anything for your coverage now, you need to call our licensed agents to review your plan. 
There are zero-cost plans available in some areas. Don't wait till next year. Get all the Medicare benefits you deserve. Call a licensed agent today. 800-253-8126. 800-253-8126. That's 800-253-8126. Paid for by 65-plus Medicare. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 877-477-6061. Welcome back to Inside Analysis. Here's your host, Eric Cavanaugh. All right, folks, welcome back to Inside Analysis. Talking to Scott Masson of Digital Hive and Eve Mulkers of 7W Data today. And in the break there, we were just chit-chatting about where to go next on the show today. And I'm going to go to one of my core themes, which is what am I going to do today? Like, how do you know how to spend your time, whatever your job is, whether you're in retail or manufacturing, or maybe you're in channel partner channel management or something, just knowing what to do next and where you are going to get value from spending your time. That's a pretty big part of business these days because it's not so simple anymore. Now there are lots and lots of ways you can change things. And there are lots of feeds of information that you can capture and look at and to me, that's actually one of the things that excited me the most the first time I took a look at Digital Hive. And as a gentleman, Lynn Moore, I worked with 20 years ago, who pinged me on LinkedIn a couple months ago and said, hey, we're trying to get the word out. You have any ideas you could help? <clears throat> and he showed me and, and Scott showed me. And I was like, this is very cool because it's always the, the, the nice sort of mosaic of information that allows you to really see and understand what's happening and then be able to take action. And I'm all excited about alternative data, which is just third-party data, basically, whether that be how many widgets are selling in this environment or even Google searches. If you do, if you're in a consumer space where it matters and you're kind of hitting people all over the country, tracking Google trends, like what people are searching for, that gets kind of interesting because you can see what kind of raincoat is popular or what kind of umbrella is popular when the winter time comes around. My point is there's a lot of different information sets that you can use, but if it's difficult to pull them into one single pane of glass, then it's not, it's not nearly as valuable. But if you can pull that all in, that becomes very compelling for, for helping someone know what's happening and then know what to do. Right, Scott? Yeah, and it's funny he used the uh, you know the Google Trends as an example because that's one of the things I've been highlighting with customers lately is that um, you know as part of our, our governance you know um, methodology within Digital Hive we can actually track search results right and and report back on that so that's that's kind of one of the key things is where you know if you're seeing a spike in, in a particular search trend 
Um, you know, I've, I've got FOMO, so I'm always worried. I'm, you know, fear of missing out. So I'm always worried that I'm missing out the latest trend. So if I, you know, if I see all my coworkers searching on, you know, topic X, it might give me some, some early indication that I want to be looking at topic X, right? And then that's, you know, that's really the the key is uh, not being left out in the dark. And, you know, people rely right now on notifications that are set up automatically from different BI tools, uh, which a lot of them have value, but a lot of them end up becoming noise and you, and you tune out. Right, I'm not going to name any any particular BI technology, but one sends you out a reminder every day, just that the report's there. Whether the data's changed, whether the report's changed, every day at noon, I get a reminder that this report exists. Right, and if it's not changing, why are you updating me? Why are you sending my, sending me a notification? Or if it doesn't have a metric in it that I don't care about, why are you notifying me about this type of thing? So you start to tune out all these different notifications. But what our customers enjoy about Digital Hive is when you log in, we have machine learning engine embedded right into the platform that will recommend, right. you know, trending reports and reports other users are using as well. So again, that kind of helps to subside that, that little FOMO aspect because you do have visual um, indications of what is trending or what is popular in the, uh, in the platform. Yeah. You know what, Eve, let me get you to comment on that because what Scott just hinted at and for our radio audience, I can tell you that really at, at the end of the day, everything we do in this industry distills to one key concept and that is signal to noise ratio you want signal you don't want noise so if you're driving down the highway listening to a radio show and you kind of get outside or to the edge of that of that antenna's broadcast reach what happens <laughs> starts getting staticky and that's just annoying as heck no one likes to listen i don't think to static especially if it's your favorite song and it's now staticking out oh it's annoying you just got to give up and go to the next station or play a cd or you know your or for your ipod or something but signal to noise ratio is is everything in our business right Eve? exactly i think uh, i made the i thought about it and it's the right data at, at the right time what you what you need to get and if you get too much of that noise uh, you're getting distracted and and we discussed it before it's 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 being busy with the right things at the, at the right time in your business to drive it forward. So if you're all the time being distracted, that's, that's not productive time. You're losing money. You're losing valuable time. You're, well, uh, balancing out your private life as well. And, and if you can bring that in by, by a lot of technology and algorithms, uh, Scott mentioned the machine learning uh, algorithms, what they have in the platform. And that's, that's already a big relief. I, I recall back in the day sometimes where you wanted to be sure that the server was still up and running and you're constantly uh, just sending messages, just, okay, I still have it in my box. Uh, so it, it very likely the server is still running and, and we will get the data in. But you need to trust that technology and, and be warned whenever it's not available, just the other way around and not, not having a, an overkill of, of non-necessary information. Uh, and having that in, in a single spot and, and the overview, which helps you become more productive, that's that's really the way of how you should look at your business uh, these days. Yeah. And, you know, what, what really triggered me there uh, to use a, a very popular term in our culture these days. You triggered me, Scott. You triggered me. Um, what was this comment oh, about? <laughs> it's okay. Was this comment about how you lose interest and you stop paying attention to it? And this is a this is a very passive thing meaning it's it's not so actively visible to yourself to oneself when you've stopped paying attention to something and that's the whole point right is that all of a sudden you just aren't paying attention to this data source 
because you get all these emails. And so it just becomes de facto noise in your brain as you absorb information. And that's what you want to avoid. And this has been long the, the challenge of alerts because you set them up with certain parameters and then it takes time to set them up. So if you don't go back often enough and fine tune those things. And the bottom line is if you have lots of those alerts, you're just never going to get around to fine tuning all of them the way they want to be. That's where machine learning comes in very, very handy because it can learn your profile very quickly. And that's the thing, like we're now seeing with your Fitbits and your phones and all these other consumer technologies, you can see, oh, you spent you know two hours on this app and four hours on that app. That kind of observability is really compelling when you realize, oh, wow, I guess I do spend too much time on email, not enough time on the phone or whatever. These are basic things, but the machine learning algorithms can capture all that stuff and they don't sleep at night. Right, Scott? I hope they don't sleep at night because that's when a lot of the processing happens. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, some people feel it's big brother watching, uh, you know, all this monitoring of, of what you're doing. Um, to me, I view it more as a technologist where these are, you know, these are technologies that you employ to actually help make your life better. Um, you know, so if, if I can, you know, your signal to noise ratio, if I can weed out some of that noise and focus on what's really relevant, um, I'm, I'm definitely all for the, all for the technology. Yeah. Yeah. Let the machines do something to help you. And Eve, I'll throw it over to you. I, I, I said this a couple of years ago in a keynote I gave uh, here in the East coast at the data vault conference with Dan Lindstedt. And I've stuck with it ever since, and I'm quite sure it's going to be the case for a long time, that you know, the business intelligence, data warehousing, view of the world, that'll never go away. AI is never going to completely replace that stuff, and it shouldn't, because that's your sort of certified view, your golden records, if you will. But AI, on the other hand, will surface these random things that are coming along that are outliers, but that you may not have noticed and probably would not have noticed if a machine didn't bring it up for you. And you can't really, it's just too hard to manually tune to get that kind of stuff. You wanna be able to use these technologies that will just, that are dynamically scanning in the background all the time. And that's how you're gonna get the other things that you wouldn't have noticed otherwise, right Eve? Exactly, it's it's the augmentation of, of what you're doing as a human. And it's the combination, Scott uh, reached out to that as well, where you need to see the benefit of, of algorithms of technology uh, that is, is is bringing that forward and um, yeah if we see the, the the data warehouse and the traditional ways of, of reporting they have proven uh, their 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 value in that and if you can help a, the AI to uh, make that better and more reliable like you say looking at systems that are not available looking at data which has outliers or is not in sync uh, then you can even do that that reporting at scale and at a higher scale that you would be able to uh, to do it uh, as as a person because you don't have that scalability factor or you need to have 20 people or 50 people to look at that same data and that's the advantage of, of bringing in technology and algorithms in the data management aspect of of your reporting yeah and you know this is a really interesting point i think we'll talk about this in the podcast bonus segment, there is always this reluctance on the part of most people, probably myself included, if you get right down to it, to change, right? And there is this widespread concern, I think, about AI taking jobs away and, and uh, all these robots taking over, et cetera, which I think is all very, very, very misguided, quite frankly. I think that we need to view these new machines and these new augmentations as ways to do our jobs better 
faster, more efficiently, with higher quality. All of these things go up if you properly use the technologies that are available. And you don't even have to buy them anymore. You can just rent them. <laughs> just rent it. It's all as a service these days. There are countless technologies that you can just rent as a service. We'll talk about that in the podcast bonus. Send me an email, info at insideanalysis.com. You've been listening to Inside Analysis. In the know, I'm Jasmine Ginyard. Check out these cutting edge and breakthrough technologies unveiled at CES. The news says. Kiss can all come true. I'll soon be kissing your sweet little pussycat lips. Pussycat, pussycat, I love you. Yes, I do. You and your pussycat lips. You and your pussycat eyes. You and your pussycat nose. Well, I love a rainy night, I love a rainy night, I love to hear the thunder, watch the lightning when it lights up the sky, you know it makes me feel good. Well, I love a rainy night, such a beautiful sight, I love to feel the rain on my face, taste the rain on my lips, in the moonlight shadows. Showers wash all my cares away. I wake up to a sunny day, cause I love a rainy night. Yeah, I love a rainy night. Well, I love a rainy night. Well, I love a rainy night. I love a rainy night. I love a rainy night. I love to hear the thunder, watch the lightning when it lights up the sky. You know it makes me feel good Well, I love a rainy night It's such a beautiful sight I love to feel the rain on my face Taste the rain on my lips In the moonlight shadows What's a song in this heart of mine What's a smile on my face every time Cause I love a rainy 
1050 AM, Southern California. NBCRadioNews.com. CAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. Welcome to the Fabulous Lifestyle Radio Show, where we talk about food, fashion. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.